ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women of all ages. I'm doing a circus thing here. I got that. We are the men of the machine, and we are going to drop some sick-ass podcast knowledge on your ass. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. To talk about Christmas movies and a bunch well, of general. and just Christmassy stuff because yeah. we all love the holidays unless you work retail like we both do in which case then you hate the holidays. In fairness, I hate the holidays because of my family more than I hate anything. I mean, like yeah. that's the thing. The reason I like Christmas is like not actually Christmas itself because Christmas itself I get a, like a huge panic attack the night before Christmas, <laughs> but like the like time between like. Thanksgiving and Christmas is awesome because I have an excuse to like watch like every Christmas special. That's awesome. I have like a chance to watch like every Christmas movie I love, which is a lot. There's like, a list of like 20 that I have. Yeah. And we'll count those off in a minute just so I or read them off so that we know what we're getting into. Okay. Wait. So talk for a hot minute. Cause I'm going to go switch my laundry. Out. Right. <laughs> One <All sec. right. laughs> Mine's actually the exact opposite. I love Christmas because I love the part about family, except not necessarily my family anymore. Don't get me wrong. Love my family. Love my mom and dad, my brothers, and Franny's family, which is my wife, and all that good stuff. But mostly it's the friends that I'm all about. I love getting gifts for everybody. I think it's the most fun reason away. I don't like the cliche, like, it's better to give a gift than get one, because everybody loves getting gifts. Let's just be honest. The best part is all the cool shit you get that you wouldn't buy for yourself normally. So I take that mentality into buying gifts for people. I'm not going to get you a toaster or a tool set or a sweater because that's stupid. Buy it yourself with your own money. I'm going to get you the silly gift sets, the toys. Even if you're a 30-year-old man, I don't care. I will buy you a Nerf gun. That's what makes it so much more fun to me. So with things Christmas, obviously the biggest is Christmas movies. And we got Pat's big-ass list of Christmas movies right here. I'll just read them down really quick, and we will talk about the ones I have seen, which is like five of them, and the ones <laughs> I haven't seen, which is closer to like 15. So we've got, in no particular order, although I'll probably make Patrick order these out for me. Oh, no, that would be impossible. No, no. Jesus. We'll, okay, we'll bunch it. Like, here's the ones you really like, here's the ones that are in the middle, All and right, then fine. that's probably it, because there's none you wouldn't like. Why would they be in your list? Exactly. Uh, so we got Nightmare Before Christmas gremlins edward scissorhands batman returns krampus black christmas silent night deadly night less than zero harold and kumar 3d scrooged the ref go kiss kiss bang bang iron man 3 lethal weapon die hard die hard 2 bad santa national lampoon's christmas vacation a christmas story the santa claus elf and last but not least home alone Way too big of a list of movies to watch, but you seem to have already done it since Black Friday. Which actually, truth be told, like, I probably actually could have done it faster if I haven't had this podcast, the other podcast, <laughs> and, like, other elements of life. Because, literally, like, there was one year I, I did it all in the course of, like, less than a week. It yeah. was like, I was like, well, now I'm fucked now. Yeah, <laughs> really, the only movie that you would consider, I would consider, like, new to add, that you would have added within the last five years is, like, what? Iron Man 3, Krampus? That's, yeah, Krampus is brand new. That's last year. So, yeah, yeah, so that's it. Other than that, you've probably had this list going for a while now. Yeah, so here's, here's the ones I've seen. You've got my favorite movie of all time, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. I will watch that 
any time of the year and when they put it on netflix i spammed it hard for like three months just watching it like every two or three days love it well, Nim- nightmare i tend to watch um i usually watch it the day after halloween mm. because you saw that kind of halloween spirit and then kind of like pushes you into the christmas thing and then i tend to watch it again on black friday because then like kind of like where it still feels like fall mm-hmm. but it also you're gearing up for christmas mm-hmm. so it's like it's like basically you get, you get two viewings in like a month it's fantastic that's fair and i don't like the argument that you can't start christmas right after halloween i get it thanksgiving's coming up that's cool thanksgiving's just a meal though like you don't prep yourself for thanksgiving you don't like do up you just get ready for 3 p.m when your entire family sits down eats a huge meal and then thanksgiving's that's it okay cool i hope you're happy <laughs> don't get me wrong I love it, and I love eating all that stuff. But really, come on, Christmas is is the big one. You, it's to, I mean, you got Christmas Eve, which is just as big in my family because uh, what's the saying? It's like uh, have a son, or you have a son till he's married. You have a daughter for life, or something like that. It's like the four of us boys on Christmas Day all go to our wives' Christmases. So Christmas Eve is when our family like congregates and has our big party so anyways christmas is like two days sometimes farther than that for people i don't take my tree down until well into january (laughs) i I leave that thing up so i don't i can start celebrating christmas in august if i want it's freaking christmas i mean well thing for me it's like there's two things a it takes me a hot minute to like kind of mourn for halloween's like (laughs) death halloween is my second favorite it's my favorite holiday yeah which my favorite holiday not christmas Easter. I do like Easter. Easter is fantastic. dramatically underrated. You have a huge feast. You get the egg hunt. My family did baskets with gifts in them. And the colors, the pastel colors is my favorite, like, holiday uh, color palette, you know? Yeah. Because Halloween is just black and orange. I know you, and purple. It's your jam, but that's not really and my red. jam. Red? Yeah, I guess kind of red. For blood. There's always blood shit Yeah, everywhere. but that's not, like, the decorations aren't red. The, like, Some the, people's are. I guess. All right. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. What were you saying? Uh, basically, I have to, like, kind of mourn. And also, it's like, it also I have to, like, kind of mentally prepare for Christmas. Because as like I said, like, Christmas itself, to me, is horrifying every fucking year. Because, well, really because of my parents. Like, and my grand, basically my family in general. Like, except for like, my, my brother, if it was just my brother and like my sister-in-law and now my niece and I, we would probably be fine. Or if I had like a friend, like Christmas, I'd probably be fine. Oh, that's what, I my... was, that's what I was saying when you walked away. Like the thing for me for Christmas is the friend part. Because last year and the year before, Chelsea and Philip and Bill and Alyssa and Tim, we all did a, a group thing every year. And it was amazing. Because like, that, that I feel like would be fine. But the problem is like... It's basically like my family starts off like happy in the morning and then just it basically they become themselves later yeah. in the day as the day wears on and it becomes more and more of a shit show. <laughs> so like I basically like I need mental preparation because it already like the night before I started to have a panic attack. And like so if I don't have to, like that month of mental preparation mm-hmm. at least then I, I can't handle it. So it's like That's if fair. we start like before then whatever but like it's something like let let Halloween like end and let me grieve for halloween's let, loss let it end comfortably <laughs> and then let me like start mentally preparing for the hell of the holiday season and then i'm fine fair enough if, if 
if if I didn't work retail, I'd like it a lot more. It's the bitchy people who come in demanding the world because it's Christmas that I because I've worked at Best Buy and a grocery store, which a grocery store was almost worse than working <laughs> at Verizon or Best Buy. Where I wrote, no, not I'm not taking it. You shut up. You buy. You waste all your money on the family. You don't care to see most of the time, and you get out of the store. I don't want to <laughs> talk to you. I'm not having it. No, I mean, that's like, I mean, it's not even that thing, it's not even to me, because like, to me, it's like, whatever, like, I don't, I don't like people, and I don't like retail, but like, I don't care, like, it's like, my job doesn't define me, so basically, like, people being bitchy doesn't really affect me that much, so just like, I'm just like, whatever, like, you're, I take, like, I, w- I take everything in life way too personally, no matter if I know you or not. What's the thing, I grew up with my fucking father, who is a fucking overgrown child, so, like, basically, whenever people are being overgrown children, it literally just makes me laugh. So I'm just like, I wish I could say what I say to my dad. I remember my dad's being a dick. I'm like, do you need to take a nap? Like, <laughs> like, like does a little baby boy, does a little baby boy need a new diaper? Like, Turn what to are your you, mom and be you. like, somebody needs an NAP over there. <laughs> and it's just, I saying, like, it's just like, I just, I can't fucking stand that shit. So it's just like, it's like when people do it in, like, real life that aren't my family, I'm just like, it's everything in me that's like, just openly mock them. I'm like, I don't take you seriously just because you're yelling at me like you don't matter to me like my dad fucking has yelled at me since my birth so like what do you think you're gonna do (laughs) all right so before we get into the next movie favorite christmas song go oh shit um oh duh my favorite song is a christmas song it's oi to the world by the the vandals (laughs) okay don't know that song so i can't we I'm, should. Oh, we should. Oh, no, we shouldn't. We have specific music now. But like eh. somewhere in this episode, we should factor in "Oi to the World" because the best fucking song ever. Okay, we'll just do a quick pause, let it play <laughs> for thirty seconds, and then pull it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite Christmas song, "Last Christmas" by George Michael's. Ah, uh, I could walk. Michael, around. just George Michael. No, He's no, the... it's pluralized. I can't shake it. It's just one of those things. Don't take this from me. It's like whatever makes you happy, buddy. Like Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it's there's always an S if your last name's Michael or Michaels. It's always that was real last name. Yeah, it, it, don't take this from me. You keep <laughs> ruining great things that I have in my life. Done with you. That's a great song. Fair uh, enough. How is the Gremlins a Christmas movie? I guess I haven't seen it, it in a long time. The entire fucking movie takes place at Christmas. But the whole plot of the movie is that he's buy he buys Gizmo because he needs a Christmas present for Billy. Oh. Okay, I don't remember that very crucial plot point. I haven't seen it since I was like 10. I just remember, you know, obviously Gizmo gets wet and then all these gremlins everywhere. And then there, isn't it take place? Isn't it like a mall where the majority of it takes place or some shit? No. Where's like all the, the second movie takes place oh, okay. in like a tower, but like okay. the first movie takes place over the course of the whole town. Okay, that's... And yeah. also, the fucking most famous part of the fucking movie is when um, Phoebe Cates has her speech about why she hates Christmas or basically where like she'll have basically her dad died dressing up as Santa going down the chimney. Yes, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to put Gremlins on the list of movies I haven't seen cuz I don't remember anything about it. I've seen it but nothing. Edward Scissorhands? It takes place at Christmas. I have but ah, all right, fine. It's California Christmas, but that's like that's why he like fucking like he basically like that's the whole end of the movie. Like when they're like there's all like the fucking Christmas iconography, like when he like makes the snow happen and everything with the um with the scissor, the scissor hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Batman Returns, yeah, okay, I know that one enough to know that's Christmas. Krampus is a given. What one, I I've heard of Black Christmas, haven't seen it. I actually just watched it again the first time in forever last night because I just got the Screen Factory Blu-ray that just came out yesterday. 
Um, I watched it with Kevin uh, Cardinal and Gina, and um, from Asa Morris and the Mess. And um, it's basically like it's it doesn't get enough credit for being what it is. It's the first slasher movie. I'm gonna Google it while you're chit chatting about it because I want it actually know a more. it predates Halloween by like I think four years, maybe three years. It definitely predates Halloween by several years. And a lot of the stuff that Carpenter did on Halloween was done in that first. I'm sure he was influenced by it. And I'm not saying anything. Halloween's my favorite horror movie ever, so I'm not saying anything against that movie or John Carpenter. I'm just saying, like, that movie is staggeringly important, even though it's kind of hmm. underground and unknown. Yeah, I, and they remade it in 2006? It's awful, but yes, they did. <laughs> That's okay. That's actually a topic thing, is I want to talk about horror movies and their terrible remakes. Or good remakes. It's happened. It has happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, isn't that kind of newish? Isn't that the doll on the cover or something? No, what am I thinking no, of there? I have no earthly idea, but, um, but no, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night is, uh, from the 80s, and, um, it's about this guy that basically had a really, if, if you were trying to create a Santa Claus, like a guy who dressed up as Santa Claus and kills people, you would, he, he, this exact path is how you create this supervillain. Like, we're basically, like, his parents are murdered on Christmas Eve by a guy in a Santa Claus suit. Um, he goes to like an orphanage where he's like basically punished for being traumatized by this. And like as an adult, he basically finally snaps on Christmas Eve and starts offing motherfuckers in a Santa suit. And it came out when I was a kid. It was fucking hilarious. So, like everyone like went like batshit insane. Because um, I, I don't remember this because I was I was like a really, I was really small. But, like, apparently, like, everybody was just, like, protesting it because they were like, you're going to fuck kids up, whatever. I'm like, I saw it when I was pretty young, and I was still, like, I never was like, oh, God, Santa's killing people. It was always <laughs> like, this guy dressing up as Santa is killing people. It's like, not it's, like, it's like that uh, uh, Goldberg movie where yeah, he's Santa actual. Slept. Yeah, is that a good movie? I don't remember it, honestly. Okay. I don't think I ever actually finished it because okay. I hate Goldberg, but. <laughs> Note to self, watch that movie. Okay. <laughs> less than oh wait hold on i had a question silent night deadly night is it like is it like a mike myers slash jason sort of slow moving killing people just out of the blue or is it like running and freaking out this crazy guy well i mean it's it's somewhere kind of both where it's like the guy he isn't silent or anything but he like and he doesn't wear like a mask so he just like he just basically is where he has like the santa beard mm-hmm. with the rest of his face exposed um santa hat but, like, he talks to character. I mean, he's, like, yeah, and he, and he doesn't have, like, a specific weapon. He uses, like, different weapons in the course of the movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, well, because, I mean, that's, like, in the 80s, there was, like a, like, a wide barrage of, like, different kinds of slashers. Like, there were certain ones that kind of stuck, but there was a lot. Uh, less than zero, what's that? Okay, basically, um, it's Robert Denny Jr. Um, with the part that made him a star. Um, Jimmy Gertz and uh, Andrew McCarthy... Basically, it's like these three high school friends. Um, one of them, Andrew McCarthy, went off to the other coast. They're all from L.A. He went off to Boston for school, um, came back for Thanksgiving, saw that his uh, girlfriend, Jimmy Gertz, and his best friend, Downey Jr., were fucking, and then basically put a schism in that relationship. And then basically it's about him kind of... He looked at the relationship, but at the same time, Downey is as he was at the time, a huge mess on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Gertz's character is only slightly better. And basically it's trying to like help them keep from and it, what, it going just, completely off the rails. It just takes place during the holidays or something? Yeah. It, okay. Well, yeah, because he comes back for Christmas break. That's the whole thing. It takes oh. place during Christmas break. Yeah. And it has uh, James Spader in it? 
Yep, he's the he's the bad guy. Yeah, I freaking loved it. Oh, the bad guy. He's yeah. the drug dealer. For, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, this took a turn. There's a bad guy. There's a Hans yeah. Gruber in this nonsense. <laughs> well, that's that's why when I first saw like when they first cast him as a. Uh, as uh, Ultron, mm-hmm. I was like, this makes me really happy, really sad, because I've seen this movie before. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> I, I loved it. I love his voice, so as Ultron, oh, he's just so... Oh, he, well, because I first saw him in The Office as Robert California, and he's pretty funny there. It was like one of the one of the bright spots in the post-Steve Carell office, and I loved it. I know. I mean, James Spader, um, he's, I mean, like, I love, like, I mean, like, one of my favorite movies ever, like, one of the movies that, like, is then most affecting, even though I haven't seen it. Basically, there's, like, two movies I can think of off the top of my head that I've only seen, like, once or twice, but have had such a profound effect on me. I count them as favorites. And one of them is Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and another is Apocalypse Now. And I have Spader seen is one of, neither of those movies. But uh, Spader is one of the leads of Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Okay. And his performance is fucking fantastic. That's awesome. I saw a thing where he was on, um, he was on Jimmy Fallon or I don't know. He was on one of those and I'm trying to remember the, the politician that he used to hang out with. I can't remember. He used to, he went to college with a former president who I can't, I I don't know. I don't know who it was. I want to say it was like, was it Bill Clinton? No, that Bill Clinton's too much older than him. I'll look it up. Yeah. He went to he went to to college with him, and they used to play pranks on the Secret Service. Like uh, they would be standing at a window, like having a conversation, and one of their buddies would come out of nowhere and tackle them both out of, no- and then you would just see Secret Service sprinting across and like coming <laughs> through and knocking on doors. And stuff. Uh, I'll look that up. I can't remember who that's from, but we'll do like a we'll do like a on on education. They do a corrections thing at the beginning. <laughs> so we'll do. So remember on last episode when I couldn't think of this, we'll do a corrections thing. Um, like a ps (laughs) yeah yeah exactly we'll just just constantly be stealing stuff from random kevin smith podcasts until he takes notice and finally gives us a job that's that's the goal so uh i skipped harold and kumar 3d because i didn't really care for the second one that much so i was just like the third one's gotta be jumping the shark at this point it's gotta be just kind of the end i don't know for me it's like i don't know it's for one thing, I have for a guy who's straight edge, I have a hardcore affinity for stoner comedies going back to when I was a little kid. And my dad used my dad used to make me he made me watch when I was I can't remember how old I was, but he made me watch uh Cheat and Chong, like I think it was Up in Smoke. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't get at all because I was like a child, so I didn't really understand weed or why these things were funny. Mm-hmm. Um but like when I was like really young, I think I was like six probably, I saw Bill and Ted for the first time and I fucking love Bill and Ted, and I just kinda started a whole thing where basically it was like from Bill and Ted to, like, Jay and Bob to, like, Harold and Kumar to, like, fucking, like, I mean, like, to the guys at Pineapple Express, like, yeah. I, oh, like, and I, the, I absolutely hate James Franco, but I love Pineapple Express. That's a really indeed, good indeed. But, yeah, but Harold and Kumar, I'm saying, like, I mean, I, do I think two and three are as strong as one? No. But well, do I think that they're, like, they're fine comedies that I can enjoy from time to time? Yes. And, like, I can definitely watch Harold and Kumar three annually, at the very least, like the Her- the uh, Neil Patrick Harris bit is worth watching. <laughs> I and mean, I'll just watch Neil Patrick Harris. He could just stare into a webcam for like three hours a day, and I would pay to see that. I would be like, okay, hmm. yeah, four ninety nine for a three hour session of staring into his eyes. Yeah, sign me up. I'll take it. I mean, I, the, just him playing that character of like like Neil Patrick Harris playing Neil Patrick Harris, not playing himself, yeah. <laughs> playing Neil Patrick Harris is just he, amazing. Supposedly, <laughs> he got the job for. 
How I Met Your Mother because of the first Harold and Kumar movie. Of course. He's, he's, the performance is fucking flawless. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's oh, completely totally. unexpected of not just he's he's a gay man who plays like this over-the-top straight man perfectly, but yes. also Doogie Hauser was obviously his defining role growing up. Not anymore. Now yeah. uh, you're hard-pressed to have someone point out either Barney or his Harold and Kumar stuff. Or yeah. coming up, the freaking... Uh, series of unfortunate events which look yep it Let me looks, stick it. it looks a little cheesy but i think it'll be good i don't know i like i mean i like the jim carrey one i didn't mind it i also don't even remember i only kind of remember it i mean i don't i know i i'm pretty sure i saw it but i don't really remember yeah. it that well so i, I can like say I, I i didn't mind that one at all i thought it was fun this one looks like oh like overly cartoony sets uh like in the in the trailer everything just looks like really vibrant and bold and not like dreary like the books kind of although they were kids books so i guess that's a good way to i don't know i i will see i'll reserving judgment but i don't see how it's like that much of a step up from the movie that everyone claims was bad and i enjoyed so maybe i'll like the show uh scrooged never seen but i know the story because it's the same story that's been told a thousand me and franny just watched the muppet one which i i didn't remember from when i was young is uh uh alfred from the well, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I didn't know he was Scrooge, and I absolutely love Michael Caine. He's a great What's actor. Like, <laughs> it's like, um, I mean, basically, you have to watch a version of A Christmas Carol at Christmas, and for me, it's Scrooge because like I saw it when I was a kid, and that's the, to me the that's the defining one. And also, it's funny because I just went um, last weekend to Insomnia Theater for Scrooge, mm-hmm. and that is a movie that behoo- that behooves you to see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of really subtle stuff that Bill Murray does with his face mm-hmm. that you don't see. It was basically like seeing the movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, holy fuck. Like, I didn't even know he was ever doing that. And I've seen that movie, God knows, so many fucking times since I was a kid. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, I, I mean, I really. It's, it's on it, Netflix, it's, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I've got it readily available. Yes, you should watch it. It's really good. Is the Very Murray Christmas good on Netflix? Did you watch that? I haven't watched that. Okay. No. It was like last year it came out. I don't know. I get around. Yeah, to I it. might watch it because I still have. Like, I mean, wait, I still have some time before Christmas, so I might as well just like <laughs> yeah, throw down some extra stuff. Got like two more weeks or a week and a half or some trash. Um, the ref, I again nothing. Nobody remembers that movie but me. I'm pretty sure, but um, to the Google. It's basically uh, Dennis Leary plays like, a cat burglar who takes ah, Dennis Leary. He takes Kevin Spacey and uh, Judy Davis hostage. Oh, Kevin Spacey. And they basically, they, they basically, to, if you, basically, if you fucking, it's close as possible to my family being put on film, <laughs> like, we're basically just people who fucking hate each other, but are there together because it's their fucking family and it's Christmas and that's what you do. Um, so basically it becomes him kind of, like, helping them through all their bullshit, just by virtue of the fact that he's there and he's a badass. Um, but yeah, so they the never really- the guy st- becomes the good guy in the end? In fairness, I don't. It, it, it's it's like I don't know. My whole thing is I never. A lot of interesting movies. There is no because real life. There really isn't no. There is no bad guy or good guy most of the time. It's all perspective. Like Hitler was fine. Well, no, I'm just saying from <laughs> Hitler's perspective, he was a good guy. I know, I know what you're saying. And the, like weird fucking Nazi people, Hitler's a good guy. That's so I mean, true. um, don't but yeah. So like, but the thing is, yeah, I swear to God, like nobody fucking remembers it, um, because I swear model. to God. Whenever I talk about it, people are always just like, I've never heard of that. And it's never existed on Blu-ray, as far as I know. The DVD was in print for like, ah, and I, I have a copy. <laughs> but like, no, almost nobody else I, that I've ever met does. 
Um, but I watched it every year, and it's I love it. I've loved. I watched it every year since I was like I don't even remember how old I was. Probably like twelve, something like that. It's my new motto to live by. Even Hitler was good to someone, <laughs> like in well, Rick, yeah. like in Rick and Morty. You're like Hitler, but at least Hitler cared about Germany or something. <laughs> it's just all relative. Okay, uh, go again. Never heard of it. Again, a movie that I don't think people other than me remember. Um, it came out like I think the year after, maybe two years after um, Pulp Fiction, and basically like if you fucking if 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 Pulp Fiction is like it's I mean it is what it is. Like Pulp Fiction is this like this totemic like piece of filmmaking. Go is like its little brother. I'm like <laughs> on ecstasy. Like and I mean it's basically about like essentially like rave kids and kind of like the story is all kind of they're out of order and they intersect and basically it's like basically like Pulp Fiction. But um, to date, it has one of my favorite because like Timothy Oliphant has been one of my favorite characters for a long time, even though most people don't know or care who he is. Mm-hmm. And his performance in that movie is like a big part of the reason why. Um, and like pretty much everybody, I mean, it, it was. I think it's the people who do remember it kind of remember it because of like um, it was kind of like it, it had a lot of like TV stars at the time. Like Jay Moore is in it. Uh, Scott Wolf from Party of Five was in it. Uh, Katie Holmes was in it. Um, uh, like other, I mean, like yeah, I, mean, I can't remember other TV people, but like, but yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not something that like I've shown it to other people. I mean, like the main reason I think it's something worth watching is because um, the reason I watched it was because um, Doug Lyman, the guy who directed Swingers, mm-hmm. um, he went on. He's now directed in the last couple of years. He directed like more kind of like blockbustery stuff. Like he did the first Born movie. He did uh, most recently Edge of Tomorrow, which was fucking awesome. Um, but he started off kind of doing like just kind of the character stuff mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the bridge between like where he like before he started doing like big ass like mr and mrs smith and born he was doing go because before go it was swingers which nobody i mean people saw but it was yeah i haven't it, seen swingers i mean i know it's like one of those like super big followings for what it was at the time but and vince vaughn was skinny in it so that's huge <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying uh eventually i will get to talk about one of these but another one i haven't seen kiss kiss bang bang that's the thing that's that's the movie that basically i mean i guess the movie it officially brought back robert denny jr was uh singing detective but no one saw that and nobody cares um but the movie that to me was like his comeback was kiss kiss bang bang and the main reason that i saw it was because shane black uh wrote and directed it and Shane Black was the guy who um, wrote My Beloved Monster Squad. He wrote The First Lethal Weapon. He wrote, uh, L- like, Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight. Like, most recently, he did, like, Iron Man 3. Um, <laughs> There's one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's, like, it's 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 basically, like, a noir version of Lethal Weapon. That's the way I can think of to put it. Where it's, like, basically you take, like, kind of these two characters who don't really have anything in common, kind of, ju- like, put them together and kind of let what happens happen. It's basically, it's it's Downey and Kilmer. Which is, yeah, I didn't say this about the last two as well, but so those three movies, what, they just take place during Christmas? Like, are they just, is it just yeah. like a time, it's just a t- that's the time that they're happening, it's not like the story's Well, they also through. reference Christmas. I mean, oh, it's okay. like, I don't know, to me, a Christmas movie doesn't really have to be, like, the entire fucking thing is about Christmas. Where's like, Santa? I have to see a live-action version <laughs> of Santa. Like, because, I mean, a lot of people, like, watch Home Alone. Like, Home Alone, really, I mean, it's... Home Alone's to Yeah, okay, fair enough, because that's obviously, like... Here, I'll move that one up, because I'll say that one next, because I've seen that one. Yes. Um, yeah, Home Alone's definitely a Christmas movie. I mean, he's well, celebrates it come almost entirely... Is he alone all the way up to, or do they make it back by Christmas? I don't remember. She makes it back on Christmas okay. Day. Well, 
So he celebrates the most of Christmas Eve, and, or all of Christmas Eve, most of Christmas by himself, kicking the ass out of, I don't know the actors' names, so that's where you fill in. Joe Pesci and Daniel Joe Stern. Joe Pesci. Ja- Daniel Stern I would never remember in a million years. If you gave me time, I'd bring up Joe Pesci, but that's not fair to request. Come on. <laughs> Poor Daniel Stern. <laughs> Why did you, uh, but you don't watch Home Alone 2? I actually did this year, and I regretted it almost instantaneously. I love Home Alone 2. It's exactly the same fucking movie! That's okay. Give it's me the, not! No, I'm okay with that. I don't mind like, the same Literally, like, every scene in that fucking movie is the same fucking thing. I was like, holy shit! Not the like, bird scene with the, with the crazy lady. Yes, there's little bits here and there. It's, 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 Donald it's, 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 Trump is in that movie. He's our president, okay? Oh, fuck now you. Now we have to watch that movie. Every, I think he might mandate it. That might become <laughs> law eventually. But that's, it's, like, it's basically like the reason I don't like Hangover 2, because basically it's because it's, it's, it's such lazy filmmaking, where basically okay. it's like, hey, remember that movie you liked? We're going to make it again. Like, it's like, it's like, a sequel shouldn't just be the same movie again. The sequel should be like taking what people liked about the first movie and then it's kind of pushing it forward. Like, okay. that's, Home Alone 2 is literally just like, hey, remember Home Alone? We did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Fair enough. Uh, Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. I've sort of seen that movie. I don't remember Christmas in that movie. Yeah, it takes place at Christmas. I mean, that's the thing. Shane Black, of his output, like, the majority, at least half, has taken place at Christmas. As I said, um, Long Kiss Goodnight takes place at Christmas. Um, Lethal Weapon takes place at Christmas. Uh, Iron Man 3 takes place at Christmas. Like, like, a bunch of his movies take place at Christmas. And... um, but yeah, it's like it's. I mean, yeah, it takes. I mean, it's, it's again. It's not like a focal point of the story, mm-hmm. but like it's definitely like. I mean, it's like the whole like the whole thing with like Pepper Potts. He like the whole giant um, bear is a Christmas present and all oh, that stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And then three movies I haven't seen that I'm sure I should seen: Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and Die Hard Two. It's funny you put them all together because I watched them as a triple feature and then like like the, my dad this year I, I had to break it up because this year my dad was like he started to put on Die Hard Two was like are you fucking psychotic like no 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 no, no <laughs> motherfucker we don't watch Die Hard Two before we watch Die Hard One we watch Die Hard One and we watch Die Hard Two immediately after and then like preferably Lethal Weapon before that but mm-hmm. at least after like they had to be in all three like are you a fucking psychopath so <laughs> you've got those three cool I actually just watched a list that was the top ten like action movies. Uh, and Lethal Weapon wasn't even on the list. It was in one of the honorable mes- mentions. Die Hard was number two, and then Lethal Weapon was in the honorable mentions. Which, okay, so the reason why I said that. In the honorable mentions, and w- why don't you have it in here? Con Air. Can I take birthday Christmas? Is, that a, is it a birthday gift that he's given her? Yes, it's a birthday okay. gift. I thought it was a Christmas gift this whole time. It's a no. birthday gift. Um, yes. Con Air was in the honorable mentions, and I lost my, my face. We're going to talk about it many times on many a podcast. It is hands down my favorite action movie of all time. It is hands down my favorite Nick Cage movie, which isn't hard to do for me because I don't really care about any other ones besides Face Off, and I haven't even seen it. I just like referencing it. Conair is just the greatest. It's just so. It's just so good. Oh, it has Danny Trejo, and he gets his body ripped off from his arms, and it has it has John Malkovich get his face crushed in, even though he should have died like three scenes earlier. It's so good. One thing, the thing that was funny about both Con Air and Armageddon, where there was like this weird time, like in like the mid '90s, where basically like you had kind of like indie cinema was kind of rising up for the first time because it didn't really exist before. Maybe it existed, but it was kind of bubbling underneath. Where basically you'd have fucking these huge fucking action movies where the entire cast would be like people that were in like fucking like movies that nobody saw. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like the Armageddon cast is like Ben Affleck from like I can't. I don't even remember if he was in Good Will Hunting at that point. Oh yes, he was. He did Good Will Hunting, but um, really all he was kind of known for was like Days Confused and Good Will Hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like fucking uh, Owen Wilson who was only in Bottle Rocket at that point, I think. Um, but you go down the list. It's like basically people who are just like whatever. And Con Air was the same thing. Where basically it's just like people who like was all like, like these respected actors like C. Buscemi and John Malkovich and everything, and it just like. Eh, why not do a ridiculous action movie? We'll we'll get paid. It's fine. We'll just put it in there. Uh, oh man, I love Connor. And actually, I just want to reference it because that we did a podcast. The very first one we ever recorded had lots of pauses, lots of breaks, lots of this and that. And I'm way worse at, at editing than I will eventually end up being. So I was, we talked about it there. Me and my wife actually have a bet going on. It's in my Google Keep, attached to my Gmail, so I'll never lose it. If we have a daughter, I bet her ten dollars. That my that she will like, or I put love Conair just as much as me, which is not easy to do. There's not many people out there who can claim they like that movie as much as me, but she will. Mark my I mean, I words. Best luck, best luck, Evan. This this is a high stakes bet. It's ten bucks. I will forever not love my daughter if she loses me ten dollars on this. Just so you know. No, that's not fair. That's not a nice thing to say. Okay, back to it's Christmas not. movies. Bring okay. bring it back. Uh, I have not seen three of the, ne- the the last five we'll talk about. Bad Santa, never seen it. That's psychotic to me, but um, but yeah, I, Bad Santa. I mean, I don't know what I can say that it hasn't already been said. I mean, is the it's, it's sequel really out funny. yet, or does that come out this Christmas? It's out, but I have no plan to okay. see it. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same actors and whatnot, but again, yeah, well, yeah, but it's not the same director and the same. Like, the thing is, the people don't really realize is the Coen Brothers, the guys who did, like, Fargo, and, like, basically everything the, Far- the Coen Brothers have ever done mm-hmm. has been at least good. Some have been truly great and amazing, but everything's been at least good, and they were a big part of why the script for that movie is so good. And then you had a really good director, the guy who did Ghost World directed it, and it's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel does not have any of those things, so I'm like, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> it loses everything except Billy Bob Thornton and the little elf guy. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, I'm just like, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's. I don't just like, I don't begrudge it existing, but I'm just like, I don't. I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. I've I've seen parts of it at the, back when I worked at Best Buy in, Sar- in Saratoga. They used to be on the TV all the time during the holidays, and yeah, it's funny. It's not really my humor. I don't really care for that, but whatever. <laughs> and also, the ar- arguably the biggest Christmas movie of all time, A Christmas Story. Never seen it. I mean, that's the, that's the only one I haven't watched, I think, yet. Well, I haven't watched Santa Claus yet, but I do plan on watching that probably tonight. Um, Christmas Story, I would just save, because um, TBS shows it for 24 hours straight. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, I'm going to catch it on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, like, it's it's fine. I can wait. It's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Hold it. That's the one about the BB gun. The whole movie is about yeah. him getting the BB okay. Well, no. The movie's about his family. The the gift he wants is, is the, the okay. Movie so yes, everything that I've ever heard about it is the BB. I don't. And the, he gets his tongue stuck to the pole. That's the. That's other a different guy, thing. but yes. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Those are the two things I know about that movie. Uh, I've seen the Santa Claus. I think that's Tim Allen, right? Yeah. Eh. Eh. I mean, I'm not saying it's a. It's, I'm not saying it's a great film or anything. It's just something that I saw when I was pretty young. So like, I, it's always stuck with me. It is fun. I, it's. It's a goofy Tim Allen movie. What do you want? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. And then my second favorite Christmas movie ever, my third favorite Christmas movie ever in Elf. That I just watched that last night. Yeah. My, my family has, I think like the last 
three or four years in a row my dad has brought it home from the five dollar movie bin he's like hey i brought i bought, bought elf so we can watch it and we're like yeah dad we we've, we've got it we watch this every year how do you I not like, remember this can, can i have a copy of that because <laughs> i don't actually own a copy what yeah I'm... i mean i watched well i watched it with my brother because um my brother and sister-in-law own it oh, okay and so every year we tend to like we make a gingerbread house and watch elf that and now um, they spam it on abc family as well come across tv time. yeah <laughs> okay yeah that's fair but when you're at your family's house just put on abc and if it's not the 24 hours of christmas story it's elf you're covered fair enough. uh yeah we watched that last christmas because my nieces i mean there's six now seven children in the family the oldest one being eight years old it's like put a movie on so starting like beginning of december into like the teens it's elf just put it on the tv they'll sit there and watch it we'll sit down and watch it oh it's dinner and something needs to be put on the background boom put elf in it's just the family staple what's the thing it's like i mean the thing is, like when I first saw it, I was like, I was, I liked it, but I wasn't like whatever. But it's like something that, like, it's the whole thing is also, it's also the thing is like, um, is John Favreau's first really, really good movie, like, um, because he oh, made he made that movie. Yeah, he made uh, Made first, and then he made Elf, and then he made Zathura, and then he made Iron Man. Mm. Um, but that was the thing is like that's what kind of made me when they first announced him as director of Iron Man. I'm like, that's. That's solid because every movie he's made has been better than the last. Mm-hmm. So like I, I will back this decision. Never seen Zathura. Don't know what that first one was you referenced. Oh, made yeah. It's a, basically it's kind of like a belated uh, sequel to Swingers oh, okay. meets like Mean Streets or like. Oh, he was an actor in Swingers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's also an actor in every Iron Man movie. He is. He's Happy Hogan. Who's that? He's Iron Man's bodyguard. Oh, okay, yeah. Haven't paid enough to realize that. That's cool. Not... They, they even put him in the trailer for uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, no, I got nothing. Don't. I don't remember that. I don't pay attention. I don't look out. I don't seek out John Favreau. Like I know he's in here. He's not my Stan Lee cameo. I guess is what I'm saying. You'll get there one day, but no. Uh, and then again, the last one, which is another huge I've never seen, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's the last movie on the list. Mm-hmm. I. I know that the uncle is a drunk and Chevy Chase falls off a roof. That's all I got. The uncle actually isn't a drunk. He's just like, as far as I can tell in that movie, he only drinks like once. It just matter if he's just such a moron that he like, you think he's a drunk, but he's just an idiot. Like he's not, he's not, he's not drunk. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Everyone plays every year. The only scene I know is when he falls off and like people have been doing that as a Christmas decoration lately is they'll hang a guy from the edge of their house. And it's like, ah, national lampoon reference. I mean, I don't know. It's like, I still think, cause my dad thinks it's the best one. I think he's a psychopath. Um, because the first one, the first vacation, What's the one, the one where they go to Germany or whatever. That's European vacation. Okay. Um, but the first one where they go to Wally World that Harold Ramis directed and John Hughes wrote. Do they also um, go to the Hoover Dam in that one? No, that's... Wait, yo, they don't go to the Hoover Dam. They go to, like, many other places. I don't know what the hell you... Oh, you're thinking of Vegas Vacation. Okay. There's so many of them. I don't care. There's four. <laughs> too many. That's too... I think of them as no, one No, you're not movie. wrong. If you, like, if you just watch one in three, because one is uh, Vacation and three is Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. you're good. You're set. That's that's all you, all you need. Okay. Those are the two John Hughes ones, and you're all set. Fair enough. I think it's funny, though, is I actually just learned this story recently. Um, apparently, um, the guy who directed... Because John Hughes wrote, um, the, as I said, he wrote The First Vacation and he wrote Christmas Vacation. And um, I guess he was going to have Chris Columbus was supposed to direct um, Christmas Vacation. 
And he had such a fucking horrible experience with Chevy Chase <laughs> that he eventually uh, quit. And um, John Hughes felt so bad that he gave him the Home Alone gig. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I was like, well, that worked out nicely. <laughs> what, what has Chevy Chase done anything in the past like ten years besides Community? community? No. Oh, okay. Well, What's the thing? Is he? He's a, he's a fucking. He's a scumbag from everything I've ever heard about him. Like yeah. he is not a good person. He, he's terrible to everyone around him. I've gotten. I've heard that a few times too. Like, isn't that why his show was canceled? Was just because he was so terrible to work with? Well, I thing. like, I love, I love his, like, 80s output. Like, I love, like, Vacation, and I love um, Caddyshack, and I love Fletch more than anything. Was he on SNL? Like, yeah, he was the first season. There's, so, okay, there's one of those big actors, like him and Dan Aykroyd and all them, that wasn't on SNL, and I always think he is, and I get confused. I don't know why I reference that. I'll Steve think Martin? of it later. No. Steve uh, okay. Martin was on SNL, wasn't he? He was on there a bunch of times, but he was never actually a cast member. That might be it, then. <laughs> Uh, or Martin Short, he was the one I'm thinking of. He was on. No, he was. Yeah, he was on. Okay, yeah. okay. But Steve Martin actually, yeah, the white-haired guy. Yeah. Yes. He's had white hair since he was like 30. That's how I identify him, and he's really funny. I'm not gonna say he's not, but that's all I'll ever know of him. They'll be like Steve Martin, the actor of. Okay, this is a no- sorry. It's the only movie title I can think of is Cheaper by the Dozen that he's in. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know his movies. I don't know. So yeah, I'm sorry. At the very least, the like, Pink fucking- Panther. He was in that. Oh my god! I don't, stop. <laughs> I don't know. At the very least, like planes, trains, and automobiles. Like okay. really? Yeah, never seen it, but I know of it. I watch it every Thanksgiving. That yeah. thing is like Thanksgiving. I only have like two. I have like planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles, and Four Brothers. I watch those every year now. Four Brothers, the Mark Wahlberg Andre Three Thousand movie where they. Yeah. yeah, it's the only Marky Mark movie I don't hate. Boogie Nights, dude. I still haven't watched that since I was a okay. kid. When I saw it when I was a kid, I did not like it. But yes, Kevin Cardinal keeps insisting that I'd probably like it if I watched it again. Freaking William H. Macy goes postal. What's the thing? It's like like when I watched, uh, I used to hate American Beauty, and then I watched it with you, and I was like, this is amazing. I loved American Beauty, which, yeah, Kevin Spacey just can do no wrong in my mind. Well, I saw it when I was like, I don't know, I was like, I want to say like 14, 15, like whatever. And I was like, this is not good. And then like, um, I watched it as like, I watched it with you like a year ago. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I I even texted Kevin. I'm like, remember how I made fun of you for having American (laughs) Beauty? I was wrong. This is fucking amazing. It's the office space, but depressing. I mean, sure. But I mean, it's like the same concept. Guy gets lethargic and all of a sudden. Hi, Franny. Uh, She's being sneaky. You can't be sneaky. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I love that movie. I just like to, to whenever, because uh, at work, we, you know, you always talk about random stuff at work. And whenever people are like, you know, asking me about how I feel about my job and how I feel about this, I'm like, have you seen Office Space or American Beauty? Like, yeah, I've seen Office Space. I was like, yeah, that's how I feel about work. Really means nothing to me. Well, that's, well that, that's different, though, because, like, he really hated his job. Like, he eventually gets yes. to the point where he doesn't care. Well, both but of I'm them saying, like, really hated their job. But I'm just saying, like, for me, it's, like, I don't care enough about my job to really, like, yeah, lose yeah. it most of the time. Oh, no. I can hate almost anything in life. Just like I, you know how passionate of a person I am? I show so much love for so much stuff. It's equal parts the other way. If I don't like something, I take oh, it no, way me too, too far. I'm, like, not, I'm not I'm not talking about that. I mean, I would definitely have that, too. I'm like, to me, work is literally just a means to an end. Like, eh. I enjoy, like, recording these. I enjoy watching films. I enjoy reading comics. Like, I enjoy, like, this is stuff I enjoy. And basically, work just allows me to, like, have the money to do those things. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's literally, it's only, like, so to me, like, 
there's really nothing at work. That's why like, whenever people are like, whenever I'm like in a bad like place, and people are like, is it because of work? I'm like, motherfucker, I don't care enough about work <laughs> to for to affect my mood. <laughs> like, this doesn't mean, yeah. Um, okay, so back up. My sweet segue talking about National Lampoons. Uh, okay. My favorite Christmas, probably my favorite Christmas, which I could name a bunch. My dad, my mom and dad always went like above and beyond for getting, a, like trying to make them as good as possible because we were pretty poor. So I didn't get stuff throughout the year. It was like holidays when it finally was like, yes. Like I didn't get back to school clothes and stuff like that. I got nothing. So Christmas time, my dad would always like really okay he would hate to hear me say i got nothing so that makes me sound like an ungrateful piece of shit and that's not how it's meant to be but you know what i mean like when you're lower income you can't just get random stuff from your parents and uh yeah they we did plenty of other stuff i loved my upbringing but christmas was huge and one year my my mom and dad would always leave at like midnight to go to my grandma's house to pick up all the presents they bought bring them home and put them under the tree at like two in the morning and my mom would and dad would stay up all night rapping me and my brothers would sneak down like We'd, we'd wake up randomly or we'd try to stay up all night. You know, as a kid, you can't yeah. actually stay up all night. And we'd sneak down and be like, oh, oh. Oh. okay, most pe- normal people. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'd, we'd like look and, oh man, there it is. And you'd see like all the gifts and you'd run back up and be like, hey, Travis, go check it out. He'd sneak, Andy, go check it out. And we'd all like one at a time try to be really coy. My parents knew we were up. <laughs> one year we went down and me and Travis both got bikes that year. And I had my yellow Next bike. Um, I think it was Next was the brand. It was like one of the like BMX. It had like the pegs on front and back. Thing weighed like 40 pounds. As a kid, I couldn't move it. Like pedaling it weighed was so hard. And in our stockings were hanging on our handlebars. And in my handlebar, I was I was 10 for this. My dad bought me Ladies Man, <laughs> the movie with Tim Meadows, the SNL movie. Yeah. And then... At the time, I didn't think anything of it because my parents didn't really censor us that hard on uh, any sort. If it was like overly violent, they kind of would. But when it came to like sex and 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 uh, uh, what do you call it, language, they didn't care. They were like, "Sure, you're gonna figure it out, anyways." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's because my fucking parents. It was like, it was like I wasn't allowed to watch. Like I couldn't. Like, like if there was sex, I was basically I was forced out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, language was whatever. Um, they basically tell me not to say things, which basically clearly worked. Um, yeah, obviously. And, <laughs> and like violence, like basically, like I wasn't supposed to. But like my dad, he wouldn't let me watch any horror, but he would let me watch the most violent fucking action movies with him that you'd ever like. Robocop, which I saw when I was five fucking years old. <laughs> like fucked me up good because like yeah. that that the shit first is violent. Scene. The very first scene is pretty brutal. Oh, where, dude, where like in a whole sh- movie, it's fucking brutal. Oh, yeah, and like the way he kills the bad guy with the spike and he just freaking... There's so much, uh, it's fucking brutal. Uh, um, but yeah, but, but yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies because that was fucking too much. Too far, man, you're going to get spooked. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I mean, I kind of get that. I'm, I don't believe in censorship in any form. My kids can watch whatever. It's. I think it's more important to just teach them what's right and wrong, whether they see it or not. But anyways... Um, I I watched horror movies with my mom at a young age because all my other brothers were terrified when they they wouldn't because my dad is my dad can't watch even like slight like Goosebumps was too far for him as a kid so like my dad couldn't watch fucking Blade Runner like he he convinced me that Blade Runner was a horror movie when I was a kid <laughs> I watched it as an adult I'm like you have no tolerance for anything like Jesus Christ. so you know i was the only one who would be like all right mom and i was a mama's boy and my brother's all stuck by dad so it made sense but whatever she the leprechaun which is a goofy ass movie te- still one of the scariest movies to me jaws i can't swim in a swimming pool by myself 
It's too scary. Like, it messed me up in the fact that I got scared. The violence didn't mean anything. I don't give a damn about the but the the, the jump scares and the monster. That no, I just whew, too spooky. That's like Jaws. Literally, I saw when I was really young, and it never scared me. Um, I never got like I didn't even like it until I, a couple of years ago. Because like um, when I watched it when I was a kid, I was like, this is like why does everyone like this so much? Like this is whatever. <laughs> and then well, I'm saying, and then like my brother uh, owned it, and like one year I was like, well, fuck it. It was like I think it was like probably like five years ago, maybe like something like that. And like I like I was like, well, fuck it, I'll throw it on and just see what the fuck if I like it more. Because that's what I have done like with American Beauty, basically I'll like revisit things. Yeah. Um, Your perception yeah, changes it. as time goes on. Of course. And I was like, I watched it. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. It's basically like a Kevin Smith movie. Just like, just happens to like have a fucking giant shark in it. Yeah. Which is but Moose like, Jaws coming out soon next year, <laughs> I think. But yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like the whole thing is like basically like it's just it's basically mostly about people talking. Like yeah, there's like, these big action horror set pieces, mm-hmm. but really the whole movie, like the core of the movie, is basically is about the characters and it's a basically story. Just, yeah, it's like characters it's just people fucking like... talking. Yeah. So I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like, I was just like... No, we went... But yeah, I never got why it was scary. We went and watched it in a... In a insomnia. Yeah, Insomnia Theater, and yeah. I was freaking hiding behind my jacket the whole time. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. The only part that scares me, and it's because he's such a good fucking actor, is when Quentin gets eaten. Like, that oh, yeah. fucks me up. Because, like, that's the only one where I'm just like... I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and it's really, if you break it down, really, just... It's a guy fucking... A big fucking fake robotic shark doing shark, this yeah. while he's just kind of going into it screaming his fucking lungs out and spitting out fake blood like if you break it down it's not scary but like because his performance is so good you're well, like oh my god yeah that's what people I, I i growing up so halloween's your favorite scary movie of all time yeah. it's if it's not my favorite it's in my top three because it's just it's my mom's favorite so i watched it a thousand times with her and when I, my mom was like, hey, because she worked at the Big M, which was our local grocery store back in Spencer, and she would bring home, because they used that was the only spot to rent movies. Our town had one grocery store, across the street was a gas station, and next door to it was a pizza place, and a blinking red light. Not not an actual traffic light, just, that was the town, that was... You, you grew the, up in the town from cars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, essentially. No, no, because they had, like, a tire shop and stuff. Like, okay, fair enough, them. yes. Um... That was our hometown. Uh, the uh, 2015 or 14 census has 768 people live in the town, so it's not a big place. So she would rent movies from there. And one night she was, or one day I stopped in, like, "Mom, what are you bringing home?" And she was like, "I'm gonna bring home Halloween. We're gonna watch that again." I was like, "Why? Like, why are you doing <laughs> this to me?" So, but I watched it with her anyways. But one of the people that worked there told me, like, "Hey, watch the uh, making of, and you won't be scared anymore." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like. I don't remember. I was like 12 years old or something. So I was like, okay, so we got that and watched that. Yeah, no, not true. I don't care how basic making a movie is. I don't give a damn. Watching it, can't I can't separate. What I'm saying, it it really depends on the skill level of the director and the actors involved. Because I mean, there's movies that like I can't look at and just not be like, I know how they shot that. I know how they did that. Blah blah blah. And then there's some fucking people who will like do something. I'm just like, and I even even though I know how they did it. I don't like my brain doesn't care. My brain will still like just see it as being kind of real, or at least like hush. being. You said hush terrified you. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. We got off topic. Sorry. Sorry. You finish your thought and then remind me to bring that. No, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So the reason why I wanted to bring that up. So Chevy Chase being an SNL guy, I got Ladies Man as a ten-year-old, and even though that's widely called like one of the lesser, like one of the worst, it's 
it's one of my favorites because I it was as a 10 year old getting to watch a movie that just talked about sex and alcohol this guy lived on a on a boathouse and he had an afro and he drank cavassier from this awesome round glass like it was hilarious to me and all my friends like if I, I brought it over to I think it was like Andy Mosier's house or something and his mom was like no you know what why'd you bring this you can't watch this and I was like what do you mean this is it's just another funny movie why can't why the hell can't I watch this movie <laughs> I, it's, I guess you said hell, son. And well, actually, we talked about it because um, on the, when we were driving back from from Toronto, when we landed uh, on the plane, we were talking about Christmas coming up and how we did all these cool things. It was me, my brother, his wife, and my mom and my dad. And I was talking about how ridiculous some of the gifts we got were. Like, I can't believe we got this. My mom's like, "What's so bad about ladies, man? I don't. How is that inappropriate for kids?" I was like. All right, mom. So you remember the opening scene when he has his dialogue for he's on like thin ice with the radio station. He's closing out the station. I'm almost done. And he's closing out the station. And he's like, this is really sweet, romantic. Have your lady love her, care for her, take her to a nice dinner. And then at the end of the night, do it in the butt. And I was like, you don't remember that line, mom? I mean, really? That's the thing, though. It's like when you're a kid, you don't track that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Your experience makes what you perceive completely different. I didn't realize that in the butt was like, oh, anal sex. That was clever. No, I was just like, that's funny. Booties are funny. What's the thing? Because that's for me, like, speaking of like um, SNL movies, like Wayne's World, like, I watched when I was a kid. It's probably my favorite one of the SNL ones. And like, I watched when I was a kid and there was tons of jokes that went over my head that now I'm like, Oh, that's fucking hilarious. But I didn't get when I was a kid and you just don't care. Like, it's just like, it's like you get other jokes. So you're fine. Yeah. I mean, even and, like, simple it, shit, like in Wayne's world, when they're doing the, the play on advertisement, he's like, he's talking about, well, that play. shit I got when I was a kid. I, didn't I remember get that. like, cause I, I got the commercials, but I was just like, that's so that I got, but like, there was like, like when he has like the, this guy blows goats, I approve. I don't know what the fuck that means when I'm like a child. <laughs> like it's, uh, I mean, it's like, it's whatever. Oh, wow. and then, there's actually way less SNL movies than I thought. Yeah, there's only a handful. Yeah, so I, I brought them up. I'm gonna you tell me what what your favorite ones are, but finish your thought. Um, but yeah, and then like Spaceballs, another example where it's like, yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, and I'm just appreciating it as being like, hey, I love Star Wars. It's basically just like <laughs> all this funny stuff about Star Wars, basically. And it's like then I watch it as an adult. I'm like, oh my god, dude, there were so many things in that movie that I'm like, holy fuck. Well, like, like the Schwartz being penises, basically. Like the... there's, but I'm saying, there's literally no shortage of things in that movie that like yeah. that's, that's the whole thing that Mel Brooks did really well because he did like, in fucking like Young Frankenstein, where basically it works if you're like eight or eighty. Like it's like there's things that like you'll appreciate as a kid. There's things you'll appreciate as an adult, and then it's like the whole movie will work regardless because you're like that's one you gotta wa- make me watch. You gotta sit down with me. I've never seen Young Frankenstein. It's really good. Um, but yeah, like probably my second favorite that I can think of. Well, I mean, if you count, I, would, I don't know if you'd count. Well, um, here, I brought I brought them up. The only ones that were made or that are like considered, uh, you know, at the credits, they say like SNL, some shit or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, 10 of them here. The Blues Brothers, Wayne's That's World, me. Coneheads, yep. Wayne's World 2, It's Pat, which I didn't realize they made Boy. a movie. <laughs> it's got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't even know they made a movie. Um, Stuart saves his family. No idea what that's about, actually. It's I, not good either. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Night at the Roxbury, Blues Brothers, two thousand, Superstar, 
Ladies Man, and then MacGruber, which there's a 10-year gap in between Ladies Man and MacGruber. Because MacGruber... MacGruber, I uh, literally just talked about today. I was like, that is honestly one of my favorite comedies the last 10 years. It's one of my favorite comedies, period. It is legitimately... Like, the, when I first saw that movie, I almost literally fell over laughing. Like, yeah, that movie got me to the point where you couldn't... You know where you can't breathe and your eyes are watering, yeah. but you're like, I need to stop laughing so I can, you know, survive. But you just yeah. can't stop. Yeah, MacGruber is a phenomenal... That, okay, so here's mine, and then I'll get yours, because I've never seen half of these, So, mm-hmm. and it's all the bad ones, but I, but including the good ones. I've never seen Blues Brothers. I obviously know the... I would say Blues Brothers, basically my top three would probably be Blues Brothers, uh, Wayne's World, and MacGruber. Yeah, a great one. So I my favorite, hands-down favorite, is Wayne's World. I love Wayne's World. We have it on VHS downstairs, and I watch it every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, then would definitely be the ladies man and then night at the roxbury so so real quick uh uh the ladies man was in my stocking night at the roxbury was in travis's stocking i'm 10 he's eight years old those are the two movies we got but again like, like, like night at roxbury i don't think it's like enough stuff where you're like you would get like the silly retardation and, of and, like and that's why i still love it i mean i'm still exactly. immature and i still laugh at the silly <laughs> stuff and i don't care about the adult jokes yeah so, like, but yeah, no, um, I mean, that's the, like, and also, I mean, this technically doesn't count, but I feel like because they got famous because of Saturday Night Live and because Lord Michaels produced it, I'm going to count it. Um, Tommy Boy is definitely like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Because, I mean, for fuck's sake, like, come on, it's, it's not technically an SNL movie because it's not based on a sketch, and, but you pick two guys who are like, fucking, like, because they have careers because of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And then you have the, the producer of Saturday Night Live produce the movie. So, yeah. I mean,. I mean, was there was there any Adam Sandler movies that were SNL affiliated? I mean, obviously uh, not his skits, but like that were. No, he like he cameoed like in Coneheads, but like. Oh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, well, in fairness, who didn't cameo in Coneheads? But um, <laughs> seriously, watch Coneheads. Like, it's like basically every fucking like famous comedian from the '90s is in that fucking movie. I also think Wayne's World Two is severely underrated. It is underrated. I will give you that. Like, it's I, like I love it. It's not as good as the first, but. Because the thing is, Penelope Spheris is a really underrated director. Like, she made, like, Suburbia, which I love. Like, she's made a lot of really good movies. I mean, she's made some shitty movies, too. But um, she is one of the better directors that doesn't get credit for being. And, um, like, Wayne's World 2 is better than it has a right to be, mm-hmm. considering it, it lost its director. And from all accounts, basically, whenever Mike Myers tries to exert more control, <laughs> it doesn't really work. Because he's a very funny dude, but he clearly does not understand what, like, the nuts and bolts of filmmaking but I guess um, the reason like Love Guru was a piece of shit is because hey, come on now I love the Love Guru because he was like basically it's he kind of was the unnamed director on it I'm like and yeah because he doesn't understand how filmmaking works yeah you can because, clearly like, tell that's all him making the jokes and stuff like that like because that's the thing is like he's just like he does he, he's he's a, he's a gifted comedian but that doesn't necessarily mean you know it's like it's like you can be the best actor in the world and not be able to direct for shit yeah like I can name a, a bunch yeah like. That's things like in the end, like they, everybody has like different skill sets, and like yeah, Mike Myers is, is does not extend to direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I don't know. It's like yeah, no. I mean, like yeah, no. None of the Sandler movies, I yeah, none of them were definitely attached to like his character. Really, I don't think Warren Michaels even produced any of them, so I'm not going to count any of those. But Tommy Boy, I feel like that's that's close enough to count. Yeah. <laughs> I want to come back and do a do an episode all about SNL actors. That would be a lot of fun because I was going to say my favorite. Uh, uh, Mike Myers movie is Michael Myers, Mike Myers. I know it's one's the serial killer, whatever. Is uh, 
So I Married an Axe Murderer? Is that what it's called? Yes. Love that freaking movie. That's I watched actually, that as that's, a kid. It's one of my dad's favorites. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, I, nobody knows it. Nobody's heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Freaking nonsense. Well, it's because it came out after, like, Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2. So, like, I think people were expecting it to be, like, really big. And when it wasn't, they just kind of were like, let's forget that ever happened. Like... <laughs> Uh, all right, so we've talked about Christmas, we've talked about Christmas movies, and we talked about Saturday Night Live movies because my parents didn't have boundaries with us as kids. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's do the uh, this, pers- coming, yeah. this person for this person to kind of get us moving on the end. Oh, I might ask more than one because some of these I really like. Um, and some of them will probably be super easy to answer. Let's start with Human Torch versus Spider-Man. I mean, they have fought in the comics, but I mean, like, in the end, I mean, I don't know, that one's difficult by virtue of the fact that, like, since they're, like, they're besties, it's, like, it's hard to, kind of, picture, but at the same time, I mean, Human Torch, if he really wanted to, I mean, he's gone, like, supernova, so, like, clearly he he could burn down the world. So, (laughs) yeah, if if we ask this question, you can really just, I mean, if I just said Superman versus anyone, you're like, yeah, Superman will kill everyone, but you have to take into account their personalities, They're they're both goofy, uh to my knowledge well, best friends. Yeah. yeah to my knowledge neither of them kill anybody really unless <laughs> unless it's some major like accident thing spidey tried to kill kingpin back in black but yeah go okay, ahead <laughs> so they neither of them kill anybody and most of what spider-man does is try to contain whereas because i mean i feel like he doesn't necessarily go for the knockout as much as he goes for like the web up first well that was the whole thing is like if you, if you read superior spider-man which is actually probably my favorite spider-man run ever um, the whole run where basically uh, Doc Ock was in Peter's body and he yeah. was Spider-Man. Um, at one point, he basically punches, um, I can't remember who it was, um, one of the Sinister Six's jaws off. <laughs> I think it knocks you a scorpion. Uh, he punches his jaw off because he didn't realize that for all those years, Peter Parker was actually like, as much as he was kicking the shit out of him, mm-hmm. he was pulling his punches and basically kind Did of not, not trying him. to cause, yeah, cause serious damage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's definitely more of a guy who's about, like, kind of containment than anything else. I mean, and not letting problems escalate. Um, and yeah, Human Torch, I mean, Christ, it's, usually it's about, like, fucking, because Human, like, the whole thing about Fantastic Four is, I love Fantastic Four, but, like, they're not really, like, Earthbound heroes, like, because, truth be told, you don't really need them on Earth, like, you had the Avengers, like, why would you need the Fantastic Four? You need the Fantastic Four for, like shit before it even gets there like in other dimensions and like yeah. other planets and blah, 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 blah. exactly so like i mean that's the thing like, as I'm, like, if i was gonna say like which one would win i'm like in the end like if johnny wants to he can go fucking <laughs> supernova and burn down new york so like all right fair. that's a good point i mean i guess the the exact opposite would that would be is if at the very beginning of this the fight spider-man didn't want to take his time he could just knock his block off he could like even though human torch is obviously really hot it would only take a minute for him to swing up and then just you know like he's so strong he could just wait well, yeah, you're saying like a, like a fight like if it was just like i mean if it's yeah an ambush i mean you could do that yeah. anyway <laughs> like... so okay human torch takes that round that's fair um let's so you do feel like anybody versus hulk and just like well they they first they come down and they punch bruce banner in the face and knock him out like <laughs> okay well yeah and the fight's over <laughs> like... okay yeah good point good point all right so um here let's do this one the thing versus colossus two buff bros uh, with impenetrable skin well i mean i mean things gone toe-to-toe with hulk i mean are you saying colossus uh, couldn't i'm not saying he couldn't i mean I, he i think he did when he was uh, there was a there was a period um 
like during like Fear Itself, like right before I think, where he had the gem of Sidorak that uh, used to have Juggernaut, and Juggernaut has it now again. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was Juggernaut and Colossus. Um, so basically, he was like the unstoppable Colossus. Like he basically had the same kind of, basically like, and not quite like ultimate power, but like huge, huge, huge power. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm saying like Colossus as it stands right now. I mean, he's is he strong? Yes. Is he like? Somebody who's gonna t- stand toe to toe with the Hulk? I don't think so. Like so it's like, is the thing strong enough to break through Colossus's skin? I don't think he could. I don't think anyone could break break through it necessarily. But I definitely think he could knock him out. I he mean, could, like, because yeah. in the end, it doesn't matter if you're in fucking armor or not. Like, if yeah. somebody like rattles knocks, your brain like, hard enough, exactly. Okay, that one's fair. Uh, we'll just do two more. We won't do too many. Because uh, <laughs> I gonna, like waste all of these. No, no, no. I, I've, thing I've got plenty. Uh, here's here's a good one. Another the thing, and this is because I don't know enough about the other character. The thing versus Swamp Thing. Oh, what thing? If you make Swamp Thing like on the basis level, like before he like, because basically Alan Moore made him basically the plant elemental, okay. or basically he was like essentially like god of plants. Like that version of Swamp Thing would probably beat probably anyone that came in his path. Like if you're like just regular Swamp Thing, thing would win. The thing would knock it down. I would feel yes. Okay. Yeah, see, I, all I knew was he was stronger, and he's tall, and, you know, he's just this big swamp yeah. thing. That's really all I knew. Uh, I had no other reason. Man, some of these are so good. All right, last one to round it out. And this one, I think I know the answer to. So in the DC universe, you cannot beat Batman. That's just a given. He's smarter. He's tactical. He's got Unless you're Bane. <laughs> Unless you're Bane, and then you just snap him in half. Um, even then, that was super... Bane is the villain version of Batman. He's you know super analytical. He's obviously buff. He's got all that going for him. So, Batman versus the ultimate killing machine, the Punisher. I mean, in the end, I mean, Frank is... Super tactical, but at the same time, he's been taken down by other heroes. He's been taken down by Daredevil, been taken down by Spider-Man. Like he, in the end, like yeah, I mean, if he really was, he could probably just fucking kill any of them. But that's the thing is, like he's like he has a thing where he's just like he only kills criminals. So basically, like if you're a cop or whatever, like he won't kill those people. So it's like, I mean, he, since 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 Frank wouldn't kill Batman, I feel like as well as good of a soldier as Frank is, going like toe to toe with the guy who is been training to be the best fighter in the world like and the smartest dude in the world since he was like fucking 12 years old i feel like that guy wins pretty <laughs> pretty handily i didn't know because in, in the comics in the show they they've shown it a little bit but not as much as in the comics it seems like he's way more skilled of a hand-to-hand fighter than i've seen in the movies or the show yet who punisher yeah the punisher oh no he totally i mean he's he's uh, like he, if he wanted, I mean, like the, like the whole scene, like in the, in the show, where he basically takes down a fucking hallway full of fucking criminals. So okay, so that was what I was going to reference. So in the show, obviously, he punches the hell out of people, <laughs> but not without getting like severely beaten down as well. Exactly. Uh, and that was like a limited thing. Whereas I read, oh, I don't remember. You have a, a smattering of Punisher comics on your Comicsology, just kind of like oh, here okay. and there. Yeah. Um, and in well, some I of those, tons. If you ever want to use any, yeah. but it's fine. And uh, but in those, he he they don't there is there's not they don't lay a hand on him. He when it comes to hand to hand, he's on that level of of like supreme martial artist. So oh no, I mean I like, but know. it's like if you watch like um like there's like a whole I mean they, but at the same time like. There's also certain people he won't even fight. Like there was like if you if we read uh, Civil War, um, in the comic, the whole thing is basically like um, 
they have they introduce Frank by when basically when Spider Man um like leaves Tony and runs away mm-hmm. and then the Thunderbolts, um, Jack O' Lantern and uh Jester try to kill him in the uh sewer, uh Punisher ends up killing them and he takes him to uh Cap's team. And so basically for like an issue, um Punisher is basically part of Team Cap until they bring in two villains to kind of like be like, we want to be part of this too. Cause we're blah, blah, blah. And then he instantly kills them both. And then oh, yeah, America just kicks the shit out of him. And he's like, fight back. And he's like, not you. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing is like, if he like, I'm not, I'm not saying he definitely would have that same level of respect for Batman, but I feel like he probably would. And so he probably wouldn't even fight him in the first place. But even if they did, I feel like it would over be over pretty good. Just by virtue of the fact that like, he's extremely skilled, but Batman is fucking Batman. Like that, he's the guy. He wouldn't, be, the- he wouldn't be going for the kill blow, which is his specialty. So if he's not going yeah. for the kill, he kind of loses a lot of his edge. Oh, well, that's good to know. I want. And as s- I said, like Daredevil is like taking him down. Like I mean, yeah. like Spidey's taking him, like people have taken him down. I mean, it's not like it's like impossible. Yeah. He's just he, he's very skilled, but he's he's still a fucking just a dude with guns. I mean, if you break it down. <laughs> Batman's just a dude with gadgets. Yes, but Batman's a guy who's been training since he was 12 yeah. years old to be, like, the best in the world. Best, he's slightly more psychotic. But in a good exactly. way. In a determined yes. kind of way. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, well, we're going on over an hour now. So we did our Christmas. We did our movies. We did it all. And, of course, we got to talk about comics at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that is us. Uh, don't forget to... If anyone listens to this, find a way to link it to Kevin Smith. Tell him to give us a job. <laughs> Tell him we're, we're, we're constantly going to be talking about him. I told you. And every also time. Listen, to, listen to my uh, my other podcast, Gifted Punksters, that you have appeared on more than once. <laughs> yes, I have. Listen to those ones first. You love my voice. It's so beautiful. And <laughs> slightly nasally and high-pitched when I get excited. Don't point out my flaws right now. I'm just saying you'll want to hear it. That's fair. All right. Well, another good one. I love you, Patrick. I'm Kevin. I love you too, bud. I'm Pat. And have a wonderful night, everybody. Farewell.